So we're going to look at something um, that we looked at a while back. Thanks, Ali. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Ali. You're <laughs> um, yeah, we looked at this back in Death Connections, and it's actually a real core piece of the way that Andy and I have, um, are thinking and Shar and Julie, but also we want to, like, our community to really grasp hold of. And it was awesome when we did it. Andy led us in it. The only thing was that it was one of those Thursday nights. <laughs> I think it was like... It was so powerful. It was, it was just... It was, it was special for the five of us there. <laughs> so we thought we'd look at it again and maybe just um, we can come off it practically from a different angle this time. But essentially it's called Living Centred Set. Um, you may have heard us talking about that before. We kind of joke about it a lot. It's got some good centered set jokes. Yes, lovey. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to everyone. You're going to listen as well. You can go and play with Danny if you want. I want to. Yeah, go on then. She's out there somewhere. Good job. <laughs> what are you doing? That's <laughs> the best question ever. Um, so actually, Andy, you finished off. Our, it was Galatians, wasn't it? When we were looking through Galatians at holiness. And how holiness actually is a result of a relationship with Jesus. Um, and not something that we can personally pursue in our own strength, you know. Um, and actually, um, yeah, center set is at the heart of that thinking. So I wanted to start by reading out this passage from Romans 8. Um, Kevin trying to get, trying to get the, 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 the point. You just sit there and then blind, like blinded. That's quite enjoying it, I think. Yeah, it's actually quite nice. Just, 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 I can't get it over his face. It's like Moses. It's glowing face. It's becoming drunk, Kev. He's going from glory to glory like right in front of our eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is white. It'll move in about 10 minutes. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Right, let me read this verse to you. Holy Spirit, will you come and will you speak to us through this and will you help us to grasp this concept as a community? Yeah, come Holy Spirit. So this is Romans 8, 1 to 4. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And he did this so that just so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the spirit or other translations say there for us who do not live according to the flesh anymore but live according to the spirit or who do not walk according to the flesh but walk according to the spirit so that's what we're going after that life lived according to the the spirit walking the spirit and Andy and I were just talking about this this morning when we were prayer walking and what we want to grasp is the is get beyond the fact that like baggage from church says that someone who lives according to the spirit is always spontaneous and a bit airy fairy and you know kind of follows the spirit or whatever that's like 
not what we're going for. We're going for this centeredness in Jesus. And for that, it means being led and living life by the Spirit. So I think historically in the church, we can see that, and especially throughout the New Testament, through stories and through explanations and um, and even personally in our own lives and in my own work, I can see that I've experienced two different ways of living out the life Jesus has called us to. And one of them, centered set living, but I think it's also important to acknowledge and understand the opposite, which we can call bound and set living as well. And before we get into center set, I just want to take a quick look at what bounded set means. So basically it denotes being a believer and follower and following Jesus to a set of rules. It's born out of, so bounded set living is born out of legalism, rule following, and if in all honesty, it's a distortion of the gospel of grace, the gospel of love and the gospel of forgiveness, which are all freely given to us, right? So Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. So bounded set is a complete focus upon the rules and legalism and not on relationship with Jesus. So to, to like chew on this more as a community right now, can we make a quick list together of some examples of bounded set living? And in other words, like what do good Christians do and what do good Christians not do? Good Does that church. make sense? Yeah, okay, go to church. And not this, these aren't necessarily all bad things, but it's the way we perceive them and the way that we, we go about them and the legalistic kind of approach them. So go to church, it's a good example. Is there anything else? Be nice to people. <laughs> <laughs> so bad, it's it. <laughs> 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 I think I've, I've, in the past I've that legalistic called like have to pray every day, have to read my Bible every day. Quiet but yeah, mm. but in, in like a in like a a, a rule like way, not like a, a tick box way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Give away ten percent. Mm-hmm. Other stuff? Share gospel with mm-hmm. people whenever you meet someone. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're right, mean. like legalistic evangelism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what about like stuff like... The question was, what do good Christians do and what do they not do? You know? So like, you don't drink, that could be one, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, it's less prevalent in our culture and more in, like, America. Don't smoke. Yes. Swear. Don't swear. Mm-hmm. Don't hang out in dodgy places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone has, like, the read your Bible, pray every day. <laughs> okay, so you're getting the idea, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, like, the behaviours. Is there attitudes? Can we list, like, attitudes that come with, like, the more bounded set thinking? Yeah. Obligation. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. Mm, mm. Big time, yeah. Conformity. It's not just, well, I don't know if it's, well, be comfort and security. Yeah. 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 I don't know how it's bounded, but it's, it's part of our culture, isn't it? Like, it's like a bubble of safety. Yeah, yeah. yeah that you do, can we, do we justify it like when Jesus wants us to plan ahead and be yeah. safe? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
I don't know if it fits like a neat, but it's kind of like the, it may maybe it's part of judgment. It's like that in and out mentality mm. of like you do these things, you're in. You know, like you're yeah, part of like God's part. community, and you, if you don't do these things, you're out. Do you know? Like yeah. You're I think it also pushes us to be very prideful mm. or mm-hmm. very condemning yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, between between yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you normally bounce between them, you never really yeah. get <laughs> anywhere else, you know? Yeah. So here's the problem with that bounded way of thinking. Firstly, it depends upon us maintaining and progressing our perceived righteousness, closeness to God and his love. <coughs> And not on God. And it, like I said, it pushes us either to inflated pride. For example, I'm nailing this right now. Man, life is going well. I've not made any mistakes for ages. I'm in control. Man, look how good I'm doing. You know, great at being holy. You know, self-reliance, that kind of thing. Or it pushes us to the other extreme. Self-condemnation, self-hate, hopelessness, depression. I'm so rubbish. I keep making mistakes. I just keep sinning. I'm worthless. Can't do anything. I'm good for nothing. And for me, like, this is the religious spirit at its worst. And sadly, I think it's most prevalent in the church and in believers who are, like, actually stirring freedom in the face and stirring Jesus in the face, but choosing to stay in their chains instead by trying to control what's going on. And I actually think, like, as we're trying to reclaim what it means to be Christians in living missionally, this is really dangerous, this way of thinking, because it causes us and the church as a whole to close our doors to the very people, in the very communities that we're meant to be on mission to, and that we're meant to be loving and not judging. And like Andy said, it creates an in and out or an us and them mentality, because in the bounded set, there's a tick box of one side of like, you do these things, you're in, you don't do them, you're out, you know? And it leads us to be judgmental, not only to ourselves and condemning to ourselves and our community, but also to the people around us that don't know Jesus. Slow to love, reluctant to step into our neighborhoods as we should be doing, as we know that, you know. So when we're thinking of bound and set, and if we're going to sum it up, I think is a really way, easy way of, of remembering it. And it's like this. You have to behave before you believe and you have to behave and believe before you can belong, do you know? Mm-hmm. So if someone's coming into our community, you better, you know, stop drinking and stop smoking and stop swearing and sort your life out. Okay, now you've done that. Okay, now you've, you're nearly good enough for Jesus. So now you can believe. Okay, now you believe you're allowed into our community because, you know, you conform with us. Um, and it's really sad because this way of thinking, it sets us up for a fail in both our own lives and on mission as well. So we have to like do what we can as a community to let go of that really poisonous, religious, legalistic way of thinking. Okay, enough of the, <laughs> the debate. Um, whole questions, we'll have some chat and we'll, we'll dialogue about this until the end. So this is Centred Set Living. So Centred Set Living is entirely different. It's based all around Jesus and all around our relationship with the living King. So this doesn't mean... And we're not saying it allows intentionally, liberally sinning. Because just as self-condemnation and all of that stuff is at the other extreme, extortion of grace, distortion of grace, sorry. This is at the other extreme, you know, the other end of the spectrum. And it's like what the Corinthians church said. You know, if we sin, 
Doesn't that give God more glory because he can forgive us even more? Like, no, says Paul. That's just as twisted. We're not saying that. But it does mean that holiness and, and transformation and living free of sin and condemnation is a fruit of our relationship with Jesus and not a requirement for our relationship with Jesus. It's Jesus who changes us. It's not us that have to be changed to go to Jesus. It's a simple truth that we have historically in the church so easily forgotten because we want to try hard and we want to try and push the agenda, you know. So in other words, relationship with Jesus comes first. Belonging to Jesus comes first. And then as we sit with him, we listen to him, we read his word, we worship him, we hear his voice, we enjoy relationship and deepening relationship with him. He heals us, transforms our thinking, changes us, builds us up and frees us. And there's a couple of scriptures that I really hang on to for myself to be like a litmus test to check where I am. And I'd encourage you guys to memorize these as well. And they're actually really powerful when you're praying over people. So the first one, you'll know them both, is Galatians 5.1 says this so Christ has truly set us free so now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law mm-hmm. so that's Galatians 5 1 so that song isn't it Hilton someone who the son is set free is free indeed and that's the next one is John eight thirty six. who the son sets free is free indeed so Jesus the revolutionary that he is turns bounded set on his head he turned religion on its head, right? As he lives out a different gospel. And then he tasks us with doing the same in our communities, but also on mission. And this is what Jesus says. He says, you get to belong straight away, no matter what you believe or how you behave. So you get to belong before you believe and before you behave. And Jesus says, and this is our mandate too, mandate, is that every single person is worthy of loving and he displays that through loads of different stories. Andy looked at one, um, the story of Zacchaeus, and how he welcomed Zacchaeus into his community straight away. Um, and the parties he often threw, you know, when he first called Levi, and they had a big party at Matthew Levi's house, and the Pharisees were like, why have you got all these sinners around and stuff? It's just Jesus showing what the gospel is all about. And showing the fact that his sacrifice on that cross and his resurrection ultimately it shows everyone the great worth and that he invites anyone to be a part of and belong to his family. Mm. So centered set is belong before you believe and start behaving. And here's what Jesus teaches us about centered set living. So anyone can belong straight away. Anyone is welcome in the community that Jesus builds in his church. And it's a community centered around Jesus and they will hear about his love from the friends, from us lot, from us guys. They'll hear stories from one another, personal testimonies of what he's done for us. And they'll also get the chance to experience supernatural kingdom power and breakthrough, moments of breakthrough, moments of like like my um, my friends Kirsty and Steve, God answered my prayer, oh God did this. Or, you know, like those moments, wow, God's real and he loves us. Um, so they get to belong first and in that belonging they get a sense of the love of God straight away and through our community and through a a Jesus-centered community they will start to already follow Jesus 
even before they fully identify as a believer. And that's a beautiful thing. Until the moment of salvation, when they give their lives to Jesus, they'll already be following him. If they're with us, oh, you know, like, how can you, how can you love people more this week? What can we be praying for for you? This is all part of being a disciple of Jesus, and they'll be doing that naturally. So instead of requiring people to conform to a way of thinking and behaving, we instead, we celebrate movement towards Jesus in every single person. And it's obviously, it's going to look different. It's going to be a bit messy. Every single person is different. But it's all about celebrating movement towards Jesus. And we don't compete, we don't compare, we don't rule keep, but we support and we love and we encourage one another as we all commit to being faithful friends and followers of the risen King. So we're not letting go of holiness. We're not letting go of what the Bible teaches. We're just centering ourselves on relationship with Jesus first. So one of the most important things is that the bounding set says you need to behave before you believe and before you belong. But actually Jesus says we need to trust in the work of the Holy Spirit as the teacher, the counselor, the one who transforms people. And actually most of the behavioral differences and transformation, inner transformation is gonna happen after the point of someone following Jesus, do you know? So they can belong in our community and then we pray and we hope that they'll believe in Jesus as they encounter him through us. And then through the transformation of the Holy Spirit, they'll begin to behave like believers and like Jesus, you know? And we don't require the first two of the bounded set of behaving and believing to become a part and to feel like they're worthy and that they, they're loved, you know? Um, does that all make sense? Yeah. So bounded set is you have to behave and believe before you can belong. Center sex, you belong because you're worthy and you're loved. And then you believe and then you'll behave. And it's trusting the Holy Spirit to do work in people because he will, you know, he's God. He will work in people. And then simply like the last bit of encouragement that comes with centered set is something that the church is like, oh, sometimes because of fear, sometimes because of religiosity, but it's simply we need to be friends with sinners. And I know we get that. But this is um, a prayer that Jesus prayed to his Father in heaven for his followers, for us. And it's John 17, 14 to 19. It says this. Father, I've given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, as I am not of the world. But I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. So it's obviously being in the world, but not of the world. That whole mentality. And here's a worthy challenge from our very own Bill Randall. And actually his book, it's got a couple of pages on this, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's helpful. If you want to have a read of it, he says this, we simply need a courage awakening that can set us free to radically follow Jesus who leads his church into the world by not being of it. So we simply need a courage awakening that can set us free to radically follow Jesus who leads his church into the world by not being of it. So when we looked at this, I can't remember, it was earlier this year, wasn't it? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or last year? I think it was this year, next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was Andy's word to us. 
and I want you guys to take it and apply it as well. So what bounded set list are we holding ourselves to? What tick list, what judgment, whatever it is, what are we holding ourselves to when it comes to our own personal relationship with Jesus? And then go a step further. And also when it comes to being on mission too. So is there any guilt there, comparison, competitiveness, oughtness? I should be on mission, you know. What's the motivation behind us doing that? And if there's anything that's springing to the surface right now, we're going to have a bit of time to pray for one another. So you can, you can bring that up with whoever you get to pray with at the end. But if not, just this week, spend some time on your own. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal if there is any internal checklist that we're judging ourselves by. And then I'd encourage you to uproot any power it has by just telling a friend, a trusted friend from our community if you can, and letting them pray over you the opposite and bless you. There's nothing like defeating shame than telling someone else, you know, than bringing it out of darkness into light. Um, so before we move on to like some more practical stuff, I don't know what you think, Andy. Do you think we could spend some time just like chatting through if there's any questions or thoughts about this, but also maybe how we can intentionally create a centered set community here, especially when it comes to welcoming welcoming people that don't know Jesus in? I think the hardest part, I'm just going to verbalize what's going on there, <laughs> um, the discerning between what rules you kind of live by and what things you feel God's pushing you towards, but there's fear bound up in it and you're like, you know, like, and then then you can hear them, this message and be like, okay, so I don't have to do that, so I think, like, mm. but maybe God's pushing me into that and it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it's making me afraid of it. Mm. And it's like, is this a rule or am I just actually just pushing into discomfort stuff here? Yeah. Um, could, could you give us an example? Is, it, is that possible? Just kind of anything that you could consider to be a stretch for you right now and to be a, taking a step out into... Right. into so almost using like, oh, that's a rule, so I'm not going to do that as like an excuse. Using or, grace as an excuse kind of thing. Is that, is that what you mean? Um more just uh, shrugging off a challenge to take the next step mm-hmm. forward because you recognise the sort of emotions that are bound up in it, fear and it's like, oh well maybe this is a law I've set for myself. Right, I see. But maybe that law isn't a law, maybe it's just like yeah. just keep following Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus telling you to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And so for for me just difficulties just discerning between that and between laws you know I'm just yeah. taking following Jesus on my mm. I mean because there's discomfort mm-hmm. bound up in following Jesus yeah yeah and there's there can be fear yeah there can be other emotions that would be similar to yeah. the bounded set yeah so I'm just trying to get my head through that. yeah yeah because what we're not saying is don't radically follow Jesus and don't it's, I suppose don't live sacrificially it's like seeing yeah. what those two things actually look like yeah. seeing where there might be some similarities almost in yeah. the, the feelings we have mm-hmm. and being and identifying them as one or the other mm. um, that's really good isn't it I think I, I, I'll speak for me personally I think for me personally like I know 
like when I really like chew on something like that, yeah. I know in my heart of hearts yeah. that, that my feelings here are coming from obligation, yeah. or my feelings are coming are here are coming from fear because I'm mm. I'm afraid of what God's pushing me into. Yeah. You know, I I, th- I think it's a it's a discernment on you, it's a discernment piece, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think it can go from one to the other, even when it is like, yeah. okay, God's calling me to do this, and then maybe you're afraid, and so you pull back, mm-hmm. and then maybe you do start to mount more pressure on than mm-hmm. God's actually yeah you know it's like oh God's giving me a word for someone and it's like okay well I'll go show you that because, but then you kind of avoid it and it becomes something else almost I don't know yeah. yeah well that's a really good example actually because I think if God gives you a word for someone and puts weight on your heart to share it like yeah that's from the Lord mm-hmm. you know like, mm-hmm. it's not many certainly there's not really religious rules that tell you to do that yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. anyway those are my thoughts Good. That's good. That's good. I was just thinking about how, you know, the, why do we behave in that way, the, the violence that way, which, by the way, I think is quite a funny terminology. That's math, <laughs> and it's math speak, it's, top, it's topology. Oh, really? Bounded sets, open sets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Anyway, suicide. <laughs> 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 I can give you the proper theology. definition of a bounded set. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, you know, I think that the two main things that make us drive us to that kind of behaviour are really pride and fear, like on, on both ends. Like, yeah. um, pride thinking that, that we have a bigger role than we do mm-hmm. to play and, and, and fear of what might happen if we don't mm. intervene. And, and that the, both of those things combine leads to control. Yeah. And it's like that typical pharisaical behaviour, isn't it? Like, you're, you're, you're afraid, and perhaps there's some positive elements to the fear. Like, mm. you don't want people to sin, you don't want, like, things to go out of control, or you don't want us to become unbiblical, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So then you try and control the behaviour, mm. and then... You know, and, and then you think, oh, it's us that has to do it. So it's that pride. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but essentially I was thinking about, it works for other parts of your life. Like, I was thinking about tendencies I have to, for control. And, you know, it does come from a mixture of, of pride, but also fear of what happens if you don't control it. Mm. So it, I guess, like, to get to the root of changing that behaviour, you have to address the pride and you have to address the fears like what would happen if you really just let God mm. take over and actually you know like distinguishing what is actually our role as yeah. people who follow him as his church and, and what what's his job mm. um, and often we, we like to think our job is perhaps bigger than it is mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it's just I'm just thinking it's good. Through. Mm-hmm. It's really um, good, yeah. I have a question. On the <laughs> belief part and what that actually maybe I didn't listen well enough, but unpacking that more. Because I think the bounded set is actually religion or the bounded set is like it almost everything I can think of in life that you choose to follow to give you value for let's so like football is bounded sets like if you are good at football blah, 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 and then you get to belonging yeah and so it's this it's this way of like this is how we're a part of something and have value 
And so when it's brought into Christianity, it's just the same thing the rest of the world is doing in lots of other forms. Yeah. So it's no different from the world, really. It's just yeah. got the Christian label on it. Yeah, yeah. It's another exclusive set. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I don't really know what we believe, what believing would be in that sort of... How, how believing plays a part in belonging. In the world? Even just in the bounds of, like, Christianity or, or are you in the world as well? Like, what? It's it's the core identity, isn't it? It's the moment that you identify yourself as like a part of, yeah. maybe, you know. Or, yeah, I think it's one of the things, because we talk, we we're moving away from like you know, you get to a point with the person they pray the prayer, they're a believer, great, you tick the box, they're in the club, you know. We're trying to move away from that thinking, but it, it's disingenuous to say that there isn't a line that's crossed at some point where someone goes from identifying as not a believer in Jesus to yeah. a believer mm-hmm. in Jesus, and then. Yeah. We're saying is that's that's the self identity thing, you know, and and we can help people reach that point. Um, I think traditionally the church has said you have to commit, you know, say the prayer, commit your life to Jesus, and you can be a part of the yeah, church. Okay. And we're saying you can be a part of the church, you can be part of the people of God. You can come and belong in our community before yeah. before you mm. say that, you know, yeah, or before you self identify as that. Mm. So like let's take the the day of fasting with the night of worship and stuff. Let's say that day is an example as a community. How can we approach it from a centered set mm. kind of viewpoint? Like what could we do together? I think we're quite good at doing it with like the eyewills and stuff as well but the concept of like no guilt mm. sort of thing like if you don't manage the whole day fast like that's fine because it's not a legalistic mm. you have to do this to make the prayer work sort of thing it's just yeah starts with the heart doesn't it so yeah. that's sort of almost like a debrief thing but like just not having shame attached to not doing it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. I think like simply like off the back of that like people who end up failing in the fast or stopping the fast or even not doing it, they can still come to the night of worship. Do you know? Yeah, yeah you don't want people to feel like, oh, I didn't, com- I didn't complete my fast and so I can't come and break fast, you know, with people. Yeah. Like, people want to, like, just... I think we just need to celebrate the little yeah. victories, you know, the fact that if I fast a meal, that is a little victory for me because I'm normally fast. You know, yeah, or, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. different if we get we fasted then we came and we listed prayers at God and left yeah I felt like we could pat ourselves on the back yeah <laughs> the tip box kind of thing yeah. yeah which I think when I fast by myself I kind of do that just so I can get through the, I've done the not eating <laughs> then I come from work and then I pray some prayers and then I can eat yeah <laughs> good for me but it doesn't feel like anything was up open or mm-hmm. that she used to do it with our hearts and passion yeah Sister, the boys. Yeah, here's your boys. The um the life of our community and then the life of people like outside of our community, you know. And actually thinking about it on those three different levels, because they actually all they're all different, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we talk about people like belong, believe, behave, I'm like, okay, but that's applying centre set to like people that aren't in our community yet and we need we need to do that, or people aren't in the kingdom yet. But also, like, I need, I need centered set thinking 
in just my day-to-day life, you yeah. know, yeah. and then we need centers that think in our community, you know, life, and it, it's all kind of on that level, isn't it? Yeah. So I'll, I'll share one of my, like, founder set things that I really wrestled with over this last year that we started, and I've only kind of, like, noticed it probably yourself recently. So this came up in a conversation I had with Darren Roscoe, some of you might know him, uh, we were having a conversation with him, and he was talking about, he started something similar to what we, what we started in his community in California at the moment, and he was saying that, like, one of the things he's working through with his community is this idea of being fed. Because in our Christian walk, like being fed as a Christian means listening to a sermon or a podcast or a teaching. And he was saying that his people are as much being fed when they get together and they, and they just eat a meal and like watch NFL together because they're, 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 the community aspect of, of being together is being fed, you know? And so I have in my mind this kind of boundless idea that if we don't have like we don't like really dig into the Bible together or you know or get into teaching together on one of these meetings that we're not like we're not we're not doing something right yeah like that's my own person and I've wrestled with that so much this last year because you'll have noticed there are many Sundays where we don't do that you know um, and that's intentional mm. um, but I really wrestle it's been like super hard for me to to wrestle with that because I have a, bo- a really bounded set thinking on what what it means to like be fed so yeah. as a believer um, yeah because I think that it's really easy to apply this like them they yeah. you know mm-hmm. or our previous life in church but I know that I carry founders set thinking you know mm-hmm. that it's still we need to work on it yeah. Broken, yeah it's a level of allowing like Romans 12 1 allow the Lord to transform and renew your mind it's a process isn't it yeah and I suppose like when it comes to so we're talking about maybe doing some open MCs and more gathering type things allowing <laughs> a space for our pals who are more interested in coming to something to be a part of it so maybe in those places centre set thinking would be okay with the fact that it's going to be messy that you know someone might be there who swears or you know <laughs> just like acts like someone who's not part of our community and we, we can be okay with that do you know or says something outrageous or says something that we don't believe or whatever you know centre set is kind of it allows that messiness in Mm-hmm. We don't have to fix everything. Yeah, yeah. we don't have you to know. control everyone's mm-hmm. behaviours and stuff, yeah. you know. Also, I think another way that I sometimes think in that finished way is, you know, when you think about certain people, you think, oh, this, you think, oh, they, they, this person might be closer, or more invitable than this person, or closer yeah. to knowing Jesus than this person, or mm-hmm. but it's not actually for any spiritual reason. It's just perhaps. A behavioural reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, if, if Jesus is the one that transforms, mm. then, and that's not a prerequisite, <laughs> do you know, then it doesn't really matter what kind of behaviours they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually, mm. it, it's their spiritual state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so true. It's really, that's such a good insight. That's great, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's that, like, that's the harvest is abundant insight, isn't it? Because you do sometimes make people think, ah, oh, no, they or is it my own awkwardness at asking them and whether they're going to say yes or no or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think one thing I struggle with the entire concept of it is how do pre-believers know the difference between the two because actually the religious um, boundary set way of thinking um, isn't looks to me 
looks the same to a pre-believer as what we do to pre-believe because the religious set are really um, them is really good at putting all that inside them and then not and then being silent about it mm-hmm. so being silent about the relig- religiousness of it because actually that that's more a victory for the for the devil because it means that no one else is then able to help them because they're being quiet about it so to be believers what I saw with is actually how do I look different from a religious set person mm-hmm. to a pre-believer as well is that because then because ultimately that's the upper hand that we have over, over Satan is the, is the Jesus and Ian when pre-believers look at that as I know they they, they see religiousness they mm. see that um and I can, and in, it's almost as if until you experience the non-religious side of it, then you can. Yeah, I think that's what I really struggle with in, in terms of. Yeah. And I think that almost then becomes a, a bounded way of thinking for me because I'm then like, well, no, because I'm not making any different to mm. how a religious person mm. is, and I. Yeah, I guess how do we, how do we make those things identifiably obvious? I don't know what it's about because you wanted the thing, the things at the beginning of your what you're saying there is about what you do. Mm. I think it's more about who you are, mm. you know, than what you do. I think that like we can do all the same things and be in bounded or centered. Set. It's about who you actually are as a person, how you operate, and I think people, but most people have rejected religion in our culture, and they'll come with that. You know, I've already rejected what yeah. you are. I believe that you stand for. What yeah. I think that you stand for. And that will, I think that will be the initial place that a lot of people are going to be at. But I think that by living a life on fire with the love of God is like that is what changes. That's what people see, you know. And I don't think it's what you do as much, you know. Like, but I also think we can. I think this is why our missional spaces that we want to create are important because that gives us a chance to together live out the centered set approach to these people in welcoming them in and allowing them to be themselves and in not a church service environment but a normal life in our community do you know mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why we really want to push them forward isn't it mm-hmm. and develop them yeah, sure. simply to show people that we want to hang out with them and welcome yeah. you know and I think as well just kind of linking things up it's kind of that thing about changing our view of what being fed is because like I've had a couple of conversations, especially like last year when I was like making friends in Glasgow, that they were saying things like there is something different about me or like hanging out with us was just felt different and more comfortable. And I think it's that sort of thing that in our community, like as a couple, having people over does feed people somewhat anyway. Do you know, like that does look different. Mm-hmm. That is the difference. Like it's not a, a religious thing, I guess. Yeah. It's a relationship, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the starting with the relationship and the loving 